Hey, glad you can make it. And welcome to the Employee Cycle Podcast, where we talk to HR innovators, thought leaders, and even some disruptors about the latest in HR trends, HR tech, and you guessed it, HR data. Well, you've heard enough of me talking. Now let's start the show, 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 show. Hey, hey, and welcome back to the Employee Cycle Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Marable, CEO of Employee Cycle. And you know Employee Cycle, we're that people dashboard that's helping all of you HR people leaders out there automate your entire HR reporting and analytics process. We know that every time it comes the time for you to do your HR reporting, you are dreading that time-consuming, tedious, and manual process, which typically involves a bunch of spreadsheets you're pulling from all your different HR systems. That's right. We know you pull data and spreadsheets and metrics from your HRIS, ATS, engagement, performance, blah, 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 and you're always thinking there must be a better way. Well, look no further because that's why we built our people dashboard to help you connect all your different HR systems so that we can automatically pull in all your data in one place. We automatically connect to all the most popular HR systems you're using, like Bamboo HR, namely ADP, Trinet, Velocity, 15.5, Reflective, Lattice, Greenhouse. Too many for me to say it without running out of breath. We can connect all your systems to one dashboard so you can view, share, track, and analyze all your people data in one place. Please go to Employee Cycle to check us out, get a demo so we can talk about how we can automate your HR reporting. But that's enough about me and our company because today we have an awesome guest. So please help me welcome to the show. Lauren Tillman. She's the head of people and culture at Beeline. And today we're going to discuss how COVID has changed the HR role forever. Lauren, welcome to the podcast. Woo! Woo! Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Awesome. And this is your very first podcast. So I am humbled and excited to be present in your podcast debut. I'm excited to be here. All right. So, Lauren, we're going to kick this thing off the best way we know how. And that's by asking you, how did you end up in the wonderful world of HR? You know, it's interesting. I I kind of fell into it. Um, I went to school for corporate finance and thought that was where I was going to end up. But during the course of my internship before I graduated, I did some work with our HR director at the company that I was interning at and just really, really fell in love with it. I was working at a bank that specialized in loans. And when I was working with borrowers, you get to know this person through their loan process. And then you kind of pass them off um, to the next stage of the process. And that relationship, you know, kind of ends and you're on to the next person. And what I loved about HR was that I got to build relationships with all of our employees and see them through their life cycle. So see them coming in on their first day, being there with them when they get their promotions and everything in between. But it's just an awesome experience to be able to walk through life with your employees and build those really strong relationships. Awesome. And thank you for that background context. So today we're discussing how COVID has changed the HR role forever. And I know that might be you know, a big, dramatic statement But overall, before we go into any of the specific areas that you feel are now changed, how are you feeling as an HR and people leader helping your workforce navigate through all the different stages of COVID, the pandemic, and everything that happened in 2020? How are you feeling today? Tired. (laughs) (laughs) 
that was a very real answer. Yeah. Um, it's been a lot. And I think it's taught us a lot for sure on the HR front in the past year. But thinking now, you know, this time one year ago, we were just hearing about COVID-19 and, you know, it's starting to pop up in the United States and thinking about what do we do? And it felt like very quickly it became a, we have to take action now. And it's definitely been a long year. Got it. So let's go into some of the specific areas you believe that HR is moving to in regards to this new role. I mean, over the past few years, HR has really moved from this more legacy, conventional, some would say antiquated role called HR to people operations. I don't think we're quite saying that we're moving from people operations to a whole new title, but specifically... I want to know what are the types of skills and functions of the business and areas of the workforce that you believe that HR or people ops is now thinking about working on and looking to tackle because of COVID? Yeah, I think our focus has changed, right? So you're right. A few years ago, HR was very antiquated. Like you only see your HR person on your first day, your last day. And if you're in trouble. And it's the role has just changed dramatically since then, right? We're in the team meetings. We're really, really involved. We become more of a friendly face in this kind of new age. But COVID, I feel like, has changed that even more dramatically. So we, you know, are still very, very involved in our teams. But we're looking at how do we strategize around benefits that will help our workforce stay productive and keep them safe in a COVID world? What do we need to add to our benefit plan or what um, like telemedicine options are there? We're looking at how do we help remote teams thrive? What does performance management in a remote environment look like? And how do we support our managers through that? Because you went from sitting next to your employees and knowing what they're doing day to day to maybe not seeing them for a couple days at a time if you're not meeting with them. And so working on what does accountability look like in a remote environment and how do managers enforce that. It's definitely changed everything, but I think it's changing for the better, even if it's still tough right now. So you said you think it's changing for the better. How so? I think we are allowing employees to demonstrate a little bit more flexibility. You know, you've got people now that can work their schedule and maybe they are taking off to pick up their kids from school because they're working from home or they have the flexibility to do virtual schooling. And while, you know, that took a long time to adjust to and it's challenging, you're able to fit work around an employee's life. Um, I also think some employees are a little bit more productive working from home. And so employees are in some ways happier. Um, and as long as we can hold them, accountable to getting their work done if they want to have a flexible schedule. I think that's for the better. Got it. So we briefly went over the history of the HR role, specifically around this transformation of HR to people operations. And I'm sure that, as you mentioned, the perception of HR tended to be, you see your HR person maybe when you're first onboarded, and then maybe if you have a payroll issue. But now it's a lot more hands-on, a lot more strategic, and that's growing in more and more industries and companies. 
But when it comes to the perception of what HR should be and can be responsible for now, how do you believe COVID has changed that even more so? And let's first talk about the leadership team. What do you think the leadership team is now thinking about in regards to what the HR role should, can, and will manage in the future that's different than before? I think the leadership team is looking to HR to say, hey, is it safe for us to go back to work? Hey, how do our how are our numbers impacted by work from home? Are we staffed adequately? Um, they're looking at us to say, are our employees supported? Do we have the right benefits policies in place to support maybe a more flexible work environment moving forward if um, the employer doesn't think that everybody should come back to the office or maybe they're willing to let people work remote long term. I think the leadership team is really starting to lean on HR more for their insights and really asking HR to stay more and more connected with employees at all levels so that we can adequately assess all of these factors um, and give them that insight and that feedback. Now, when you say the leadership team is looking at HR to really get this employee sentiment and understanding and insight from different levels of the workforce, I'm assuming you either have to have a small employee base or you have to have a really well-built out and organized HR department to be able to manage this. Because I'm just trying to think, if you have hundreds of employees, let alone thousands, how does the HR team even go about doing that? Yeah. So at Beeline, we have a fairly small team. We um, are right at 100 employees right now. So I'm able to stay fairly connected. But yes, at a large organization, you'd have to have like your HR business partners and just employees of all levels. Maybe it's the recruiters talking to employees that they recruited, right? And just checking in and seeing how things are going. And then like pulling all that feedback together um, to send it to leadership so that they do have a really good pulse on how people are feeling and what's going on. Do you think, generally speaking, leadership teams are looking at HR and people ops teams as more strategic because of this? Or do you think, for the most part, the role is still at the same level at most organizations in regards to the perception of being strategic and really being able to move the bottom line? I think leadership teams are still looking at HR as being more strategic through this. Um, We had to pivot very, very quickly. And then I know at a lot of organizations that came down to the HR team for planning, communication, and execution. So I feel like we have gained more respect from leadership teams for being strategic and acting quickly through the pandemic. Got it. So let's shift gears a little bit and talk about the perception of HR from a manager and employee perspective. Do you believe that managers and employees are now viewing HR and people op leaders as more strategic, more supportive, more helpful? And if so, in which ways? Yes, I definitely think they are. Um, I know in my practice, I try to check in with all of my managers at least once a week since I'm not seeing them in person. And even employees, if we hear, hey, somebody's sick, we're not sure if they have COVID or not, reaching out, checking in, asking how we can help, how we can be supportive. I think we make more of an effort now to join meetings and talk things through. Whereas before we'd be busy, we're in the office, we're sending emails or chats. 
And so I think by being really proactive in how we're communicating with our managers and our employees, getting more of that face time because we're in a remote environment, we've been able to strengthen the relationships and really think more strategically and also just collaborate better. Interesting. So I'm now thinking about some of the new areas that you believe either you and or most HR leaders are now looking at because of the pandemic, but also areas where most companies should have been focusing on anyway, regardless of what happened. But now it's getting its shine and spotlight. So one of those areas I'm thinking about that comes to mind is really wellness. A lot of companies are now really focusing on the wellness of their employees especially mental health, as so many people are really struggling in regards to support and navigating the pandemic, regardless of their personal or professional situation. So wellness may be one of them, but are there any other categories you can share with our audience that you believe HR will now need to really start focusing on? And even if HR is not managing solely or exclusively it's, it's at least an area where HR really needs to push to make sure that the company is focusing on now because of the pandemic. Yes. So I think there are so many things that go into wellness. So are employees active? I know when we went work from home a year ago, a lot of people were more productive because they were sitting in front of their computer. And instead of commute time, you were able to get online a little bit earlier and knock your work out. But I know a lot of people really struggled with maybe being a little bit less active because you are spending a little bit more time working and all of a sudden you're not walking around your office running to meetings. You're, you know, hitting the button on your computer and just joining the meeting that way. Um, So I think supporting employees from a physical wellness standpoint is huge and something that more companies are starting to focus on due to the pandemic. I think supporting employees just in work-life balance in general, like I just said, people are putting more hours in because they're home. They don't have those commutes anymore. But are people feeling like they're tied to their computers, they're working all the time, and when there's no physical separation of your work environment, you know, you're working where you live, it can be really exhausting. And I think it leads to burnout more quickly than it would in an office environment because you don't have that drive to and from work to kind of unwind and decompress from your day. You're maybe walking into the living room and knowing that your work is just a few steps away. Um, I think, you know, we've seen mental health for sure, become an area where employees are needing more support now. And so, you know, I know at Beeline, we have a telemedicine platform that allows employees to get mental health counseling at no cost to them. And I think that's a huge benefit on top of, you know, employee assistance program that most um, companies would have access to. Just giving employees that extra outlet to pursue outside help if they so choose pandemic has brought on a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression, and I've seen it in employees. And then I've had employees bring up issues with their members of their family due to the pandemic. And so wanting to make sure that our employees feel supported and they have the tools at their fingertips to get the help that they need, but also do so in a safe manner. So the telemedicine option seems really great. And a lot of our employees have expressed interest in pursuing that just to get that extra support. So yeah, I think there's a lot that goes into the wellness aspect, but I feel like it's definitely come to the forefront um, of our minds given the changes because of the pandemic. Got it. So let's just stick with wellness for a second. 
because areas like wellness are now becoming so comprehensive and there's so much focus on them, there's now a whole world of tech platforms you need to think about. There's all these consulting services. You then need to do surveys to figure out how people are doing to even figure out and decide which wellness solutions and services and products you want to provide. So I'm curious, as HR is now, let's call it changing forever, do you see companies potentially in the near term or you know, short-term future actually hiring people to specifically focus on wellness, just like companies focus or hire recruiters to specifically focus on hiring? Do you think it's that much of its own niche and specialized area? Or moving forward, it's still something that should be wrapped up in so that an HR generalist or someone else would just handle it as a side project? So I think it depends on where the company is. Um, I think industry leaders are already doing that, right? So we have a lot of progressive companies that have full-time wellness trainers on board. They have in-house medical providers. They have a gym on site. They offer a lot of those services built into the employee's day so that it's super convenient, obviously, when we're in an office. I definitely think we will see more companies trending in that direction, uh, especially because we're seeing it in other organizations already. Um, I also think you'll see more companies making an investment in those tech platforms or even just leveraging their benefit partners that they currently have for the wellness programs they offer. So most insurance companies have some aspect of a wellness program that an employer can use and sometimes at even no additional cost. Got it. So as I'm thinking about wellness and other areas as well, whether it's choosing different tech platforms or coming up with a strategy for all these new areas of HR that we're now going to be focused on due to the pandemic, I'm curious, what new skill sets do you think either an existing HR people ops leader will need to start honing on or if they don't have those skills, learn those skills? And the same for a brand new HR person who is starting, call it end of slash post pandemic in the HR role. What skill sets, what skill sets would you absolutely need to bring to the table to work in this new world of HR? Oh, that's a tough one. I think it's so much of what we already need in human resources. So you need really strong relationship building skills. Um, and I think you need a strong sense of empathy. The pandemic has changed a lot and you've got to understand that somebody else's experience may be completely different than yours. And how do you support them through that? I also think just that long-term strategic mindset of how do we build something that can scale as our organization continues to grow, but also something that is sustainable, something that will help our you know, recruitment strategy, something that will help our employee retention and something that helps the company become more productive. Moving forward, how would you like to see the HR role perceived by the leadership team? And what do you think are the biggest opportunities for HR moving forward? I think I want HR to be perceived as a partner. I feel like we are at Beeline. Um, we work really closely with the leadership team on everything. and. I think having us as a strategic partner is really helpful because an HR person's perspective may be different than a business person's perspective. 
And I think the opportunities for somebody in HR are getting more involved, sitting in the meetings, understanding the business model. Because when you really understand the business model, you can make really great recommendations to your business leader about hey, if we move this person here, they could tackle this project and it frees up capacity over here. Or, hey, have we thought about breaking this department out um, to handle this function and letting this person step up into a leadership capacity? But I think understanding the full picture is what helps have somebody... It's what helps HR be perceived as strategic, um, but also helps us really move the business forward and demonstrates our value. Last question for you, Lauren. If there was one thing that you would want someone listening to this interview to remember and take away from our conversation, what would that one thing be? I think for any HR professionals listening, it's yes, this past year has been really challenging. And it's required a ton from the HR professionals, but our leadership teams see it. They respect us for it. And this is only helping our profession to become more valuable to an organization and really support our employees. And it's, it's helping more with the transformation of the HR industry. Lauren, thanks so much for being such an awesome podcast guest. Really appreciated you being on here, especially since this was your first episode in the world of the podcast sphere. So really appreciate this. And you know what? Because this is your first episode or your first podcast ever, I'm going to add in a bonus question. I know I said that was the last question, but for people to get to know you a little bit more, how have you personally dealt with this transition? And I know we started the interview on that, and I know your answer was tired, um, but um, but how have you managed to keep yourself together mentally, you know, physically, spiritually, all the ways to be able to help your workforce navigate through this when you yourself need to navigate through this as well? And we find that HR can be in this really interesting silo where they're helping everyone else, but who is there to help them? So I'm curious, how have you dealt with that? Yeah. So lots of support. Um, I have a toddler. And so, you know, when the world kind of stopped a year ago, we had to figure out, okay, what are we doing about childcare? And, you know, I can't watch him all day because I've got meetings and, you know, the pressures from work were mounting because people were looking to us to have the answers. And so we had lots of support in terms of childcare, but then also I think for me, just planning my day the night before and saying, okay, I'm going to get up and I'm going to work out in the morning so that I can feel my best. And I'm going to try to be really productive during the day so that I can sign off for a little bit at night and get the rest that I need. And I think the other thing is taking some time off. I think we are all fatigued from sitting in front of our computers all day and you have less of a break from your screens because you're not walking around going through an office and you're not meeting with people in person. And so knowing when I've reached a breaking point and saying, Hey, I, I know I probably need to get three more things done tonight, but I just, I can't, I need the break and letting myself know that that's okay. And it's okay to take a couple of days off of work to recharge. It's okay. If you don't get everything on your to-do list done. Yeah. I think it's, it's been, a learning experience for me. Um, I've definitely always been the one that wants to 
get everything done and um, not like struggle, but it's, it's been a tough year for sure. And I know other people feel the same way. I really appreciated that answer. I always like to say self-care is the best care. So I believe that was great advice. But again, thanks for being on the podcast. And I really appreciate you entertaining my bonus question as well. So go Lauren! Thank you for having me. This has been great. Awesome. So where can people find you and Beeline online? Yeah. So check us out. Um, If you are in the mortgage industry, we are definitely hiring. You can find us at makeabeeline.com. Um, or check us out on any of our social media channels. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on LinkedIn. We have tons of cool social content. Super, super engaging. We like to do a lot of educational campaigns for people who are maybe first-time home buyers. Um, so check us out. And if you need to get in touch, don't hesitate to reach out to me. Awesome. And we'll definitely include that info in the show notes. So... If you enjoyed this interview as much as Lauren and I did making it, please leave us a five-star rating on iTunes because it shows that we're creating great content. Also, if this was your very first time listening to one of our podcast interviews and you either came here because you thought the topic was super compelling or you're already a huge super fan of Lauren and you just had to hear what she was going to say, but now you're hungry for more episodes, then please subscribe to the Employee Cycle Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other major podcast players. And last but not least, all of you super awesome HR and people leaders out there, please continue to hire, train, and retain the best workforce possible. Thanks. Later, kids.